You have made this match impossible. But I am leaving for India. And it is not far enough. Do you think that there is a corner of this earth that you could travel to far away enough to free me from this torment? I am a gentleman. My father raised me to act with honor, but that honor is hanging by a thread that grows more precarious with every moment I spend in your presence. You are the bane of my existence. And the object of all my desires. Night and day, I dream of you. And what I do even know all the ways a lady can be seduced. The things I could teach you. I did not ask for this. To be plagued by these feelings. Hiding from my sister. Being driven to distraction every time you entered the room. And you agree. It is insupportable. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to Bridgerton on Netflix, so sit back, relax, and let's get ready to spill the tea. Hello, everyone. I am Mary Larson. My name is Blake. Yes. Oh, yes. Give, Give me all of that. Mm-hmm. Give, give me every ounce. Oh my gosh. That, that, it, like when I watch that scene for the first time, yep. shivers up my spine. Made me think of how I feel about tacos. Uh, you know, I was hoping you were going to say that's how you feel about me. <laughs> Instead, I get tacos. I mean, you did bring me a burrito bowl. So it's yeah. kind of one in the same, right? Oh. Man, <laughs> that just ruined my day. Thank you so much for that, Mary. Appreciate it. I love that. you so much. So, <laughs> yeah. um, we want to remind you, of course, to please hit that subscribe button to the podcast. You can find us on all sorts of social media <laughs> by searching Miriam Blake. And uh, also, we want to make sure that you're in our Facebook group. If you have binge Bridgerton to the upteenth time and you're looking for something new to watch, our friends over at the Miriam Blake Facebook group have loads of ideas for you. That is a wonderful group of like-minded individuals who just want to geek out and all the th- all the things. We also want to thank our friends at jointhenerdclan.com. If you are not yet a member there for as little as $2 a month, you get to keep this podcast going. All right, let's get into the show. Actually, before we get into what? the show, I want to remind you too that at jointhenerdclan.com, we're going to be doing our episode of our top five favorite things to do or watch during Droughtlander or while Bridgerton is filming. So, if you like what Mary and I watch and you, and you respect our opinions, that's another episode that will be coming at justjointhenerdclan.com too. So that's another reason why you don't want to miss that Of place. course. Oh. All right. Uh, you ready to get into this episode, my love? Yes, I am. Let's do it. All right, this episode was entitled An Unthinkable Fate, Mary. An Unthinkable Fate. Mm -hmm. Directed by Tom Verica, 
who uh, is a Shondaland, uh, you know, just uh, go-to person for acting, directing, writing, like just an all-around super talented guy. This is not the only episode of Bridgerton that he has directed. He's also directed uh, Shock and Delight and also the episode Art of the Swoon. And he will be directing an upcoming episode of the Queen Charlotte spinoff. As well, that's soon coming up. That's in development as we speak. The writer was Abby McDonald. Abby McDonald served as a staff writer for Bridgerton uh, last season. She did, although, write a couple of episodes, uh, in particular, in Affair of Honor and Oceans Apart. Though, this is the first episode that she has written for this season. Well, Mary, as we are wont to do also, we do this little episode recap just for the benefit of uh, of all of us. Um, the benefit of the Bridgerton bingers yes. who maybe the episodes all became like one big memory for you. So this, of course, as you said, is episode five. In this episode, Queen Charlotte approves of Anthony's engagement to the diamond and not only approves, but says that she wants to sponsor the wedding. She's so excited. <laughs> So um, both families go and promenade and Anthony becomes jealous because Kate goes on a boat ride with the guy that loves India. Eloise is a sneaky little sucker and she goes and sees Theo and um, little Penelope is jealous, not jealous, but just like hurt because, you know, Eloise is sneaking off and lying to her. So she's not too happy about that. Mm-hmm. The Sheffields have their dinner. It gets kind of crazy. Um, the the truth is out, as they as they say in <laughs> Harry Potter. And you're a wizard, Harry. Um, kind of come up with a plan to utilize some fake rubies. So Portia is is making some plans with J- with cousin Jack's faux ruby mines. Yes, yes. Okay. So what do you got for your cups of tea rating? How many cups oh, of tea are goodness. you giving this episode? I'm five full cups. Like okay. full to the brim. Give me the give me it all. You know, I love me some English breakfast, some Earl Grey. I'm more of an English breakfast person, I think. Mm-hmm. So how about you? I'm giving this one a 4.9. Okay. Really enjoyed this episode Agreed. quite a bit. Quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um and I I know we talked a little bit about that scene that we played at the top of our episode uh just a, you know we talked about it just a you know very very little bit in in the beginning part but about my love for tacos uh yeah but that scene is special and it's special for a multitude of reasons and it's I, and the I'm eye gonna... burn for you yeah okay yeah so the gbgs the goods the bads the greats for this episode yes i will kick things off my good portia featherington Really? Oh my goodness gracious. I mean, that woman, she's crazy. Schema. You know, she's a schemer, but once again, she is going to fight for her children. Yes. And I am not here saying that that I would do the same thing. I'm a Gryffindor through and through. Portia is quite the Slytherin. Straight up Slytherin. And well done. Top marks. Coming up with a plan. Cunning. And I love that she has the jeweler who loves cake, the cake loving jeweler. I love that she has him come check Jack's rubies mm-hmm. <laughs> um, without Jack even knowing. Good point. She's just like, yeah, let's see. Let's see if it could fool the jeweler, it could fool anybody. My bad is um, Danbury. Lady Danbury's kind of a downer, you know? Uh, you know what, Mary? What? I kind of co sign on this. Like, what the heck? 
what the heck? I mean, yes. Is it tricky? Is is Edwina now engaged to Anthony? And Danbury knows that Sharma Sharma loves or has feelings for Anthony. Yes. But like, why you got to be so mean? Well, I'm not sure if she's being mean so much as Cold, she is... realist. She's being real. Like, she's... She, she knows that there's an issue that's going to happen here. I just feel bad because there's no one who knows the truth who's kind and warm and loving to Sharma Sharma, who once again doesn't really like, she doesn't have uh, her birth mother's past and she has her mother, um, her adoptive mother, Mm -hmm. Mary, but like they don't seem close Mm -hmm. at all. Mary Mary doesn't even know. Mary Sheffield doesn't even know about this whole plan going on. And I just feel terribly. That's my bad. I just feel really bad for Sharma Sharma. She doesn't really seem to have much in life. Thank God she has a dog. That's an emotional support pet. <laughs> right? I mean, honestly. Yes. If she didn't have a dog in this show, I would be nervous for her. She's got some issues coming down the road. And when she pets that pooch, I'm like, you get those feelings out. Get, get them all get out. Get those oxytocin in you, girlfriend. <laughs> oh. And then my great was Anthony standing up for the Sharmas and Sheffields. and Not all heroes wear capes. Okay? Oh, That's yes. what I'll say. Not yes. all heroes yes. wear capes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Just guys being dudes, man. I love that. I so. love when that happened. All right. For me, uh, I have a tie. Uh, for my good. Okay. And the first one is the shot of Anthony holding his hand for Sharma Sharma. Love. Like holding it out there. And the way that it just sweeps up and it captures, you know, this air of Anthony and what that all means, especially after his reactions to Sharma Sharma and the the, the India loving, loving guy being in the boat together. Mm-hmm. It just felt right the way that was captured. I don't know... It was just the camera movement that made it for me. Uh, yes. uh, but then there's also Mr. Brooks's obsession with cake and food. That, to me, is oh. one of those special little things that you put in right? a television series or in a book that, again, it gives you an insight into character. Mm-hmm. Something that tells you about the person it, that is not what they look like, yep. what they do, or their names. Right, yep. you know that this guy loves cake. Oh my God, he is here for it. And it is cake all, season. All he cares about is getting some. His getting his cake on. <laughs> it, you know what? That is a real definable tree. His payment is cake. <laughs> my bad. Is it awful of me to say that I just don't care about Theo Shop and Eloise at this moment? I mean, is it awful for me to say that I just don't care about Benedict's art experience? um you know what you know what they're b-team bridgertons we don't need to care about them well right now they're exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, the b-team yeah basic yeah basic (laughs) okay goodbye i i I said that to mary i need to get that sound drop from from that show uh what what the heck is name that show the good place the good place thank you i need to get that sound drop and i'm going to do that for next episode yeah, basic they're basic. Yeah, basic they're basic bridgetons at this point <laughs> they, bo- they both they both come out with some great one-liners yes love them okay but you're basic I, I don't need i don't need to care about well, your well listen plot. benedict is a sneaky best character on this show says okay? you said so, yeah well i know i'm just telling it's my show it, well, it's our show, and but, I would have been the Eloise in this show, and 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 we're the ones talking, and I'm saying right now that Benedict is the sneaky best character on this show. However, you're right. 
B team Bridgertons at this moment. No joke, I would have been Eloise. The conversation I had to have with my mom the other day. Hey, Maron. I can would only you, imagine. I hope you weren't too confident when you went to that interview. <laughs> would you have said that to me, Mom, if I was a man? That I hope you weren't too confident? Um, Probably not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eloise right here. So, yeah, I just don't care. I, I don't care about Theo Sharp and Eloise at the That's moment. That's fine. I mean, he's cute. I'm in, I'm in on Theo. He's certainly a cute guy. Not going to lie. You know, um, may not know how to use punctuation. You know, thank God Eloise brought her uh, brought her pencil. Uh, but that's okay. We'll, we'll so, what's see. your great? My great is the opening. Uh, well, really, it's the opening and the scene that I played at the top of our episode. But okay. <sighs> give me all of the opening when the both when 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 Anthony and Shama Shama are, uh, are like in the same room. He's walking past her, oh. and and the pinkies like almost kind of touch, but they don't. Yeah, and it just represents everything that they're that they're going through Pinky at the moment. Sex, but Pinky also at the same time, is it is a great callback and a great reference to the first season as well, uh, and and what what transpired between uh, Daphne and and uh, and Simon at the mm-hmm. same time. Just really. Really great stuff. It's a great. It's a great way to reference its own iconography. Yeah, uh, and uh, reference its own its own mythology. Ooh, um, and and to put it into perspective, like the, I'm here for that. There there was this connection shared between Daphne and Simon at that moment when they touch pinkies and they're looking at the art. Mary, just don't don't you know you don't have to get that excited. You don't have to hit the microphone. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but it also highlights the difference that's shared between Sharma Sharma and Anthony mm-hmm. and how that plays out uh, and what that means for both of those characters and how there is this connection, but they just can't seem to facilitate it. Awesome, 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 awesome stuff. I really liked that. And, uh, but we'll, we'll get into the, ep- to the scene that we played at the top of our episode in a little bit. Mavin, are you ready for the music oh, that sure was am. used? You know I'm all about All right, that. here we go. So, Mary, this is a cover you wouldn't know by this point yet. And you know what? I'll, I'll get to the, yeah. to the part. Let's get to the good stuff. This is a cover of You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette. And it was played at the end of the episode when Sharma Sharma and Anthony have decided that their route going forward, that Anthony is going to get married to Edwina. Mm-hmm. And, oh, here's the, here it is. Middle school, sitting on a bus. Hold on. Uh, no, don't sing, don't sing. <laughs> no, Blake, don't sing. That's a, that's Mary and Blake commandment, yes. It's not fair. So, cover by uh, Chris Bowers, who is the composer for the score of Bridgerton. So that is that. It is You Ought to Know. Can you pull up the lyrics? Uh, sure, yes, the I can. The OG Alanis lyrics. Uh, yes, hold on. Let me, let me, you're going to have to vamp for me. Hold so, on. yeah, I I just I equate Al- Alanis to my, you know, puberty years of middle school and all of us belting these angsty lyrics out together on a bus, not even knowing what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
you know, and and occasionally the because um, this is back, you know, '90s. Occasionally the DJ would forget to like use the blipped version, so oh, there, yeah. there wouldn't be swears or anything in any of the words, and we'd go so excited. I don't think there's no cursing in this one, um, but man, Alanis, she really she got me. She got me when I was 13, and she got me now. So the, here, the I, you know, I kind of feel funny saying because I'm, I'm like, I'm not a girl, so maybe I should just it don't pass this matter, off Blake. to you. We, okay, we're thinking Sharma Sharma. Uh, I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best of both, uh, best for the, you both. An older version of me is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a theater? Does she speak eloquently? And would she have your baby? I'm sure she'd make a really excellent mother. Because the love that you gave that we made wasn't able to make it enough for you to be open wide. No. And every time you speak her name, does she know you told me you you'll hold me until you died till you died, but you're still alive. And I'm here to remind you of the mess you left when you went away. Just picture 13 year old Mary. It's not fair. It's not fair to deny me Mm -hmm. of the cross. I bear that you gave to me. You, 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 Ought to, ought to know. know. So it goes back and forth and on and on and on and on. And it talks about Mr. Duplicity and the whole thing. Are you thinking of me when you F her? You know, the whole thing. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very apropos, Mary. Oh, yeah. Very. You know what? Do yourself a favor. Do it on your own time. Go look at the lyrics. Or just listen. Just uh, pull up Alanis. You know, have, have a moment with her. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm pulling up the real Alanis. No, I'm saying, I mean, you can't. Oh, no, I'm no, no, no. I'm saying if people are feeling it, if they're like, Oh man, I haven't listened to that in so long. Yeah, you want to get whatever. like your your early like thirteen year old self out, man. Like, just go do it. And so, Mary, we've been having an ongoing conversation about the music for this show, obviously, yeah. and who what, who the music is meant for into this show. We've we've ranged from Madonna mm-hmm. to now Alanis Morissette. Yep. Uh, we've gone this whole route here. Do you still feel like this I still is meant think for it's the us? elder millennial Gen X's? I still do. I think I kind of agree with you on this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on this one. I mean, they've gone back and forth. They've had Rihanna and the whole thing. But that's still millennial. I mean, yeah, that's mid-millennial, I feel like. Oh, man. Yeah. We got her Well, Al- Alanis is, is definitely old millennial. Yes. I, I would say Gen X. Yes. Bordering millennial. Elder millennial. Yeah. So I said booby trap. No, but like if there is like a line between Gen X and Millennial, I think I'm on the- That's called Xennial. The... <laughs> Good point. That, that, that's what we are. So I'll take that. All right, Mary. Um, yes. Obviously, this episode, I think, circles around the scene that we played. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of want to talk about it and why I loved it so much. But I want to hear your thoughts first because I'm fascinated by the things that you pick up upon oh, that I don't. Really? And I'm conversely as fascinated about the things that I pick up that you don't. Oh. So it, is this the is this the episode the scene of the episode that you feel like Yes, this is the thing. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know, like at which I don't know at which depth you can really talk about it, though, because I feel like Anthony and Edwina are speaking their truths to one another. Not Edwina, uh, I mean, Sharma, not, Sharma. Yeah, you know, Oops. <laughs> Sharma, Sharma. You ought to know, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to get into the complications of the Sheffields and that promise. Oh, okay. That to me is the multi-layered thing. Yes, in my opinion, is 
a lot of what just happened and I burned for you equivalent? Potentially. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's the line that you're going to take from this? Like, Because you know, okay, when you say I burned for you, like you know exactly when that was, who was saying I don't it. No. Like, is there a line? Is there a line? That you take from this conversation that is similar in effect to I burn for you. <sighs> um, because I'll tell you my thought. Yeah, give it to me. Well, I have two thoughts. One, it's like Anthony was giving him, himself positive affirmations when he's like, I'm a gentleman. Oh, I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. And he just kept trying to say it so he didn't do the wrong thing. Okay, I know which mine is. Okay, what is you it? You are the bane of my existence mm-hmm. and the object of all of my desires. Ah, good one, Mary. I, I quite like that. And I, the other one I like too is, um, and that's not nearly far enough. Or something, oh, like, yes. It's not as catchy, obviously, yeah. but I think the, I, I think the intent is the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is just as impactful, though not as catchy or as punchy as mm-hmm. I Burn For You. Yeah, no, I agreed. And what I really like about this scene is that you're you're getting the magnetism between the two characters. And that is a a, a, a very, I think, hard balance to strike when you're writing characters when mm-hmm. you're trying to create story you're trying to get characters that pull themselves to each other and th- that no matter what they do they keep coming together but at the same time they're bad at the same time they're they're pushing each other apart they're the yep. thing they're the thing that makes them make it they they are the affirmation if you will mm-hmm. of what shouldn't be mm-hmm. and you know like the the most obvious one right is Romeo and Juliet yeah now i'm not saying that shama shama and anthony are romeo and juliet but i'm saying that the the magnetic character is and the ma- magnetic relationship between two characters is a fascinating relationship and I think this exemplifies that to a T. Would you agree? Oh, my 100%. I mean, you get to that last scene of Edwina and Anthony, you know, when they were riding their horses and they're speaking during that early morning ride. Sharma, Sharma, not, oh, not Edwina. Goodness. <laughs> get it. You ought to know, Mary. Oh, you ought to know. <laughs> you know, you know what I think I'm channeling? What? I think I'm channeling Anthony, how confused he must be. Like, Ooh, whose name am I saying? As long as I say Sharma, I'm at least right somehow. <laughs> Good point. Um, you know, as she's as he's saying, like, okay, I'm gonna call it off. Like, thank goodness for this this issue. And you know, Sharma Sharma's saying, pleading, no, I'm not gonna be the reason that my good hearted, wonderful sister is is um, you know, not gonna have a life of happiness. And he's there saying, but you've been against this the whole time. Like, granted, you were against it because you didn't like me in the beginning, mm-hmm. and now you kind of love me. Um, so like all, you know, it, all of that conflict. And I love that they get to address that in that conversation. They get sure. to address the multi layers of the star-crossed lover situation yeah. that got going on. Yeah, we, and we've talked, I think, a lot about what the two characters bring out of each other. Mm-hmm. And that we, we've obviously referenced the magnetism between the two and how they push and pull against each other. But also, I think this is the first time, like, even though Kate has 
you know, somewhat been a less protected version of herself mm-hmm. when around Anthony. And Anthony, you know, vice versa, right? But I still think that this is the first time we actually get to see a truly vulnerable Kate when yes. she recognizes, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in effect, she admits that she's wrong yes. to Anthony. What do you th- is that part of the magnetism that do you think that these two share? Oh my gosh. I mean, that and, and everything else that they've got going on, just there's no matter what. They they're the eldest in these families and they have they're just trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And the right thing is the opposite of what they want. It's so beautifully difficult to see them going through that when you the actors do such a brilliant job showing their their burning desire mm-hmm. for each other <laughs> even just in their eyes. You know, this this episode had a had a lot of great moments of silence. You know, as they're just staring at each other, particularly in in this scene, um, pleading with each other, lusting for one another, mm-hmm. loving one another, hating one another, all with their eyes. How do you feel about the like this forbidden fruit aspect, where like they they're still putting off, like they're they're growing, they're inching, inching mm. ever so <laughs> slowly to making a poor decision. Oh my God. You know, it's just so different from Bridgerton season one. Just got to yeah. put it out there. Like we saw Anthony's bum thrust. Th- but, butt thrust. Butt thrust like every episode. And then, and we you saw know. saw Simon butt thrusts. We had, we had swan sex. We had rain sex. We, we, had, we had library sex. We had beast library <laughs> sex. We had it all. And now we've got eye sex. And. Yeah. And it's so complicated, and it's so difficult, and I am here for it. Really? So you're you're liking the yes, the, I have the been tease of it. Yes, all. you know, as I said, I, maybe it was episode one where I said the 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 letter that um, you know Miss Whistledown, Lady Whistledown, writes about you know switching things up a little bit and having to see things differently. Mm-hmm. I to me, I've been interpreting that as Mary. Chill out a little, mm-hmm. horn dog. <laughs> okay. Let's get into some relationship building. Sure. And I love the complexity of this because, you know, last year was just so one-sided where Simon was so complicated. And really, it was like his own fault, right? Like, he could just got in his well, own head. No, no. Okay, yes. Daddy issues to oh, the max. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. But like, what I'm saying is that it just affected him. It was just very selfish of him. Fair. Whereas now we have Anthony and Sharma Sharma who are thinking about everyone besides themselves. And I just love that it's both of them are having this complexity. But I guess would the, would the argument be on the other side too that in doing so, they're, the idea is that they're thinking of others, but really they're just protecting themselves. Right? Because. No, but I don't. I, 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 listen, you may not see things this way because you're the baby of the family. Okay? Sure. Okay. But I'm saying these elder, elder siblings. They're not just protecting themselves. No, no, I'm saying, but yes, I agree with you in the sense that, yes, they're trying to do their duties. Yeah. But are they masking their... Of course they're masking their feelings. They're masking their feeling in the duty of trying to do the right thing for their family, right? So is it as altruistic as you're saying, or is it more of... uh, I think it's altruistic. I mean, I'm team older sibling, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Uh, you know, I hate to keep referencing it, but do you? Uh, no, I don't actually, because I just love this scene. But that, <laughs> but the scene that we played is just such a remarkable scene, and and it, and it, I think it works on many levels. And Mary, I know you said that, like, well, what does it really talk about? And I, I, I think there's actually quite a bit to talk about in that scene. Okay. How that, how in and of itself, it is, it is a story. That is that <laughs> you still get so excited. excited. I'm so excited. It is a story that is complex just in one scene alone. And it is I think it is a, a perfect example of how you can pace and direct mm-hmm. and write a scene, but also use sound and light to enhance that scene in ways that you would not be able to get in a book or in um a short story or even on the page. I'm sure you could probably write it in the script how you want certain things to sound or look. Like I I know you can and it's and it's it's a practice that's often used. But like at when we played the scene, I stayed in silence at the end there for a little bit. And the reason why I did that is because you could hear Anthony's heartbeat mm-hmm. at the as he is, you know, caressing Sharma Sharma's hair, right? Yes. And and he, they're getting close to each other. And as he pulls away, when he recognizes, ooh, I can't do this, you hear like this, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the heartbeat stops. And that is, again, you don't recognize it in the moment. I didn't recognize it, period, Blake, because this is why you're so good. You find <laughs> these little nuggets. But even though you don't recognize it, your brain does. And when you hear this and when you go back and listen to it, you're going to be like, oh, my God. And this is another way through audio that you can express a certain tension. And not only can you do that in the audio, but you can do that through the way that it, things are shot and the way that, that the, the scene is framed. Mm-hmm. There is a natural, beautiful tension in the way that the camera is held. It's a handheld camera. It How is, can you tell? Because it's um, because it's it's shaking. Oh, okay. Uh, and like, and I'm sure that you know the shake was intentional, right? And I mean, maybe they just had too much coffee. <laughs> the, all all of the caffeine just running through their veins. But it's a handheld camera, and the way that it is shot, it is not focused on just the characters' faces. Mm-hmm. There are moments where the characters are moving and part of their faces is, are, are, are obscured because the camera is still catching up to them. Um, and I think that's just such a remarkable way to to grasp how, obviously, again, I use this word tense, but um, but like the unease of the scene between these two characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a famous example of um, of a, the camera catching up to a character actually in Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's famous, Blake? Yes, it's it is famous. famous. Okay. It is, I mean, <laughs> relatively, I mean, okay. in, in, in movie-making nerd, nerd life. In Blake's mind, yes. No, it's <laughs> no, not no. just my okay, mind. Okay. It's just a bunch of dorks who are like, wow, look at that. It's when Kylo Ren is speaking to Darth Vader, uh, the helmet, hashtag spoilers. And... He's looking up and down, and there's a moment when Kylo Ren is looking down at the floor, and then he looks up, but the camera doesn't move with him, and then eventually it catches up with his face. It's just a way to express that 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 unease of the situation. 
and then also how the camera moves along with that. There are moments when Anthony is completely shrouded by Shadow? Sh- a Sharma Sharma. Oh, okay. And the camera moves back and forth between from shoulder to shoulder on Sharma Sharma looking at Anthony. And it is and specifically when he says, Oh, and do you think that is far enough for you could go? Like it's just again, it's just a natural way to express this tension. And it's a natural way to um express what these two characters are going through. Again, your your brain doesn't you don't recognize it, but your brain does. It's it's off putting the way that it's been shot. Yeah. Such a beautiful way. And, and you add in the light and the fiery reds and, and and the shots of the candles between the two and, and then focusing on Anthony's hand as he's caressing Kate's hair, not his face, not her face. Um but like just his hand. It's just it's just really special stuff that if you pay attention, you see it. If you if you're not paying attention, your brain sees it and it tells you this is really cool. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So just <sighs> love that scene. So now that we have spent our time with the Sharmas, with Anthony, dealing with the Sheffields, unpacking that he and now Lady Bridgerton now know some of the situation that's been going on. Yeah, you knew that was going to happen. Like, oh, my you, God. You knew that the, the whole world was going to come crashing down for Edwina and, and what that all meant And yet this makes Edwina, like, love him even more. Yeah, because he stands up for her, right? Yes, he stands up for the whole family. He stands up for her mother. All I he want is him. Up. Yes. Oh, poor thing. Oh, my goodness gracious. Poor, poor thing. Um, So it's just going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. In particular, I'm excited to see how it plays out with Lady Bridgerton because she's usually so nice. But like you mess with me, you mess with my reputation. Oh, yeah. Like, what does this mean for Edwina moving forward? And what does this mean for Sharma Sharma? Well, like in this same episode, you know, um, one of the Bridgerton kids was like, "Oh, when Anthony gets married, does that mean that Edwina is going to be the lady of the house?" And Lady Bridgerton's like, "Yup, she's going to be in charge of you all from here on out." And so imagine the fury she must have in that carriage ride going home, being like, "What the heck are we going to do?" Because right. I'm not going to let this uh, gold digger come on up. And be in charge of me and my kids. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I mean, well, I mean, would she feel that about Edwina? No, but she might feel that about Sharma Sharma. So then, like, how does that transition even happen? Because you know it's going to happen. It's just a question of when and how. And you know, we're you're, we're putting we're putting somewhat of a timer on all of this, and I think that's a really effective tool too. Yeah, because the queen is now putting on this wedding. Right. So how how does the queen take all of this? Like, oh, this is going to be a world of hurt <laughs> for the Bridgertons and the Sharmas coming up pretty soon. Uh, I mean, it's no kind of hurt, you know, the way that if, you know, Mr. Brooks doesn't have his cake. That, I mean, if he doesn't have his cake, oh, I mean, oh, hell. For, forget about it. I mean, the world doesn't need to know. The world doesn't need to know this is their family drama. You know, now if... if, if um. If Penelope got word of this, aka Whistledown, which ooh, would <gasps> would she write about that? That's the question. Well, 
we just got to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Penelope is not happy with Eloise right now. Eloise just- She's lying to her? Yes. Like she even asks her, where were you yesterday? When she knows that Eloise told the family she was hanging out with Penelope. And then she lies to Penelope. What the (sighs) heck, Eloise? Yeah. But mind you, Penelope's been lying to Eloise for, you know, a season. Yeah, good point. So, I mean, neither are innocent in any of this. (laughs) No, but I don't like it. Yeah. I do not like it. Featheringtons, however, as I said, Portia Featherington got my good. Got my good. All right. So here's an early scribbling prediction. This ain't going to work out. What? There's 0.0 chance this works out. What works out? The the whole ruby. The rubies? Yeah, it, no way. Of course it's not going to. That's why I'm here for it. Front row seat. <laughs> Give me it as a good. I'm going to elevate it so I can just be sitting here eating my popcorn. There's no way this works out. No, Slytherin. And here's an here's a thing that happens too. It may work out like, you know, to begin with, but again, kind of like Han Solo says, women always find out. <laughs> always. You know it. And someone is going to find out these rubies, they're fake. And here's the, here's what's going to be ugly is what this will do not to, um, um, you know, um, prudence's, not to prudence's. Isn't it Portia? No, no. Portia is the mother. Prudence Prudence is the daughter. Oh yeah. Not to her marriage because she's getting married to the guy no matter what. What's going to happen to Penelope when she wants to get married? And does this taint the the Featherington name even more? And will that prevent Penelope from getting married to anybody? Now, we know, we know as fans that Penelope is going to eventually end up getting married to Colin. But what, how, does, how does that happen? You know, and like what... What does that mean for the Bridgerton family too, right? Because the Bridgertons have kind of like up-leveled themselves here a little bit. But not really, okay? Because we got some family drama with the Sharma Shamas. (laughs) We got Eloise sneaking off, walking around in shady places. Mm -hmm. We've got Benedict being with naked people all the time. He doesn't care. If if you've got a party and there's nude people, I'm here for it. Benedict is there. You got art classes with nude people, I'm here for it. You just want to go streaking on the quad? Benedict's probably going to be there for it. Mary's been there, done that. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. It happens. I didn't streak on the quad. That sucks to be you, because now you're like too old where it'd be like indecent exposure and you'd get in trouble. Yeah, they'd look at me and be like, bro, you're going to jail. When you're 20 or you're like (laughs) running a college campus. Yeah, you get to do that. Um, You know, another scene that I quite liked too was the ring scene. And I liked the ring scene because it just like uh, yeah, M- Mr. Brooks is is is. I mean, you're just here for all the cake scenes, Blake. The, the Let's cake, be the real. Cake scene, the, we we know how much you love the cake guy. I'm I'm in on him, but I do love the fact that when when Sharma Sharma puts on the ring, oh, it it's a beautiful perfectly. ring and it fits perfectly. And I'm sure that it would fit perfectly on Edwina. However, the the, the fact that we see it on Sharma Sharma first, it does fit just so. Mm. It just feels like that is the universe saying this ring is made for you. Duh. You know, like, and I, I like that subtext. I, and it's not even really subtext. It's meant for romantics at heart like you, Blake. Oh, to be like, well, yes. look, even the ring fits. <laughs> Here is something that I, I predict that will happen too. The ring will not fit Edwina. 
Oh, well, that's why the sizing guy's there. I know, but I'm saying it won't fit Edwina. Oh, well, that stinks. And when, when it doesn't fit her, it's just another it's another way that the universe is saying the ring is not meant for her. And like, just how beautiful is that? It was his mom's from his dad and their love story. Oh, I just can't. <laughs> so that is that, Marvin. You got anything else that you want to talk about, about the unthinkable fate, the, the one that could be had between Anthony and Sharma Sharma? The <sighs> pining and longing for each other I'm here for, for all the rest the of their lives. I'm just here. I'm here for it. Will you get sick of the ISEX? No, I won't. How? They're, they're like, it's been teased for so long. They're going to have to pay it off, right? Like, do they? I know they're going to have sex. This is Anthony, <laughs> but like, you know, he exfoliates and lotions and oils that tush. Oh, yeah. All season long. Because he, he's like, people, I have standards. He's the male version of Wendy Peppercorn. Yes. Lotioning and oiling. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He's. he's I know that we're going to get a payoff. Yeah. I don't know what, but this is also Anthony. This is like kinky Anthony, okay? So when we do get the payoff, we're going to probably have some nipple biting. We're going to have all sorts oh, of stuff. Oh, sure. You know? I'm ready. Nip- I'm, ready. I'm, I'm here for the nipple biting. Yep. I'm, I'm, here, I'm here for the bum biting. Okay. Goodbye, swans. <laughs> I want some close-up. We're going to have some Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. <laughs> yes, but like Bridgerton style. Um Maybe there'll be a feather. Last, there's absolutely going to be a feather. (laughs) Of course there is. Lastly, Mary uh, Sharma's uh, parents, the Sheffields, are literally awful people. And the dad is the the ex-husband in Ted Lasso. Oh, perfect. He just gets to play awful people all the time. all the time. Just a bad dude. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anything else you want to talk about in this episode, my love? That is it. I think we're good. We even have some scribbling predictions that were thrown in there as well. So I think we can close this out. Thank you all so incredibly much for tuning in to this episode of Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. We are so happy to connect with you online, either on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. Um, Whether you're leaving reviews on your podcast app of choice, particularly Apple Podcasts, know that it means a lot. We're real people. It's literally like me and Blake. We're like totally normal Rhode Islanders who geek out about the same stuff that you do. (laughs) So never fear about sending us a message. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for now, ladies and gents. My name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake. Now go brew some tea. <laughs> <laughs>